Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com And we are recording. We are recording, and it's a lovely day here on the east end of Long Island. It's hard to believe it's late October, and, and two of the four people who are with you today are sitting outside. Um, we have Brendan on his porch, and I'm in my backyard. Why aren't you guys outside, Georgie and Bill? Because of the dogs. It's always about the dogs. <laughs> the dogs rule your life. <laughs> I've got construction crews replacing my slider door, so if I was outside, it would be very loud. Well, this is unusual. Usually I can't sit outside because my neighbors are so um, happy about their leaf blowing experience. <laughs> that it's, it's like it's become a, I wonder if there's people that really love that, you know, I, I don't know if it's just the delight in making the noise or. I think we need to do a, a series of podcasts just on the leaf blowers in your neighborhood or not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have done a series of podcasts on the leaf blower. Yeah. It, well, it's such a good icebreaker. You know what I mean? It's seasonal too, you know, I mean, a good fall, fall icebreaker. A spring icebreaker, a summer icebreaker, because it's just <laughs> constant. So I never thought that they would bother me, but you know, when you get like six or seven people like doing it all at the same time, it's a lot of noise. Really, especially because it's like I don't, I don't know. I kind of like my leaves on the ground. I just leave them. That's why they started regulating it because you know it's like it just became ridiculous where like a single leaf would fall and. All of a sudden, there'd be like twenty people with, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> getting a landscaping crew right away. You know, I even have leaf blowers now in my sound effects. You know, whenever they're doing it, I just record them. So when I want to complain about the leaf blowers, even if they're not blowing the leaves, I can still drop a sound effect, and it makes it sound like they're blowing leaves. But well, there you go. Today it's quiet. It's quiet, and we're getting into the bewitching bewitching season. Ooh. So before we get into that, I'm going to do the introduction. So we have Bill Sutton on the on the recording button again this week. Hey, Bill. Hi, Annette. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. And Brendan O'Reilly is here on his porch looking very relaxed. Hey, Brendan. Hi, I'm Brendan. I'm the features editor. And Catherine G. Manu, aka Georgie, is here and um, getting some new windows today. So hi, yeah. Georgie. It's, it's nice. I can like for the first time look outside and like have like a really crisp view of my leaves changing and it's it's really nice. I'm Georgie. I am um, sometimes known as Catherine Manu and I am one of the publishers of the Express News Group. And my name's Annette Hinkle and I'm the Arts and Living Editor of the Express News Group. And because we are getting into what is finally feeling like fall a little bit, we thought we might talk about Halloween on the East End. It's like, I don't know. I think it's like it's kind of the biggest holiday out here. I don't know. What do you guys think? For me, it's like kind of the beginning of the holiday season and I have kids. So it's a, it's definitely up there on the list of favored holidays for them anyway. Um, just because of all of the junk that they get to bring into the house legally. So yeah, I mean, I, I actually love Halloween cause I just love fall. I love, you know, the changing of the leaves and the nights getting crisper and, you know, Halloween is always when that seems to happen out here. So it's really nice time of year. No, it's nice and warm. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, the COVID thing has sort of affected some of the Halloween traditions. I mean, generally we see a lot of um, 
Halloween parades and trick-or-treating and some of the other traditions but um last year I guess we had literally very little or nothing I don't know what and then I'm wondering you know with the COVID um issue now what we are talking about this year is there going to be kind of a normal Halloween for kids or not so much I mean from what I can see it's going to be a, a pretty normal Halloween last year Halloween fell on a Saturday and so for a lot of kids it was like, could not have been the worst timing, you know, that you were going to have your Saturday Halloween during COVID when like in East Hampton village, for example, traditionally they shut down a specific number of lanes off Newtown lane. And it's like this big event and everybody goes trick or treating. Um, and that of course, because of COVID was canceled this year, it's on a Sunday and it looks like things are kind of returning to normal. Um, at least I know in East Hampton village, they are planning on hosting Halloween festivities, shutting down those lanes again for trick or treating. Um, you know, a lot of the homeowners go really crazy. They like, you know, decorate their houses all spooky and scary. Um, we even know families that, live in that area that will like have a pizza truck come and you know it's just like a, a very communal event wow. and everybody goes and it's definitely going to happen this year but it is going to happen because it's halloween falls on a sunday it's going to be a daytime event um rather than a nighttime um event which is kind of i have to say as a parent kind of nice you know the idea that um my kid's not going to be out until 10 o'clock at night eating candy the day before you know a school day <laughs> and plus as, as a parent of a child who is now in college I just remember seeing how how the um that Halloween celebration in East Hampton would devolve as the hours went on 100%. you know it's like you know it's kind of pleasant and fun and you know early evening hours but as it got later and later the boys with the shaving cream would come out and start attacking the girls you know, it's kind of sad like I you know I I feel like my kids have like such a different Halloween experience than probably the four of us had growing up um I lived in Springs where my kids live um you know through Halloween and I remember we would go we would get out of school and we would go from one end of springs to the other i mean and just like hit every house and like just like pillowcases filled with candy and it was so cool and fun and like a very free night like you were seven eight years old and if you were with your like group of friends and maybe a parent or an older sibling you kind of had free reign of the whole community and you know i can tell you that i have had except for last year, I've had maybe one trick-or-treater come to my house um, since I bought my house in Springs seven years ago. So now it's all kind of in these centrally located areas and that's where you go to trick-or-treat and the neighborhood trick-or-treating is kind of a thing of the past. I think that's kind of sad. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. In 20, in 20, year, 20 years of living in our house, I don't think we've ever gotten a single trick-or-treater, but somehow that doesn't stop my husband from buying a massive bag of Snickers every year. Well, you never know. I mean, you got to be safe just in case. Do you decorate? You know, it's really funny about the decorating thing. We do have pumpkins because my daughter was home from college last weekend and went and pumpkin picked. I haven't carved it. I don't know if I'll get the energy to do that, but it's hilarious because Halloween also coincides with fishing season. And that's when my husband's often out surf casting and he has his waders. And when he comes back with the, with the waders, you know, the chest waders to dry them off, he'll hang them in the front tree. And when I pull up at night and the leaves are still on the tree, all I see are these two big boots and this body and more than one. I, maybe that's why we don't get any trick or treaters. Cause it's pretty terrifying when you come up in the dark, dark woods and you see this, this figure standing hidden in the trees. So. 
it's very effective actually very creepy <laughs> it is so creepy yeah like the, the waiter killer <laughs> well it sounds like that could be the plan if he's buying the bag big bags of candy and you know setting it up so nobody comes yeah. there you go yeah he's trying to scare them off so he gets to keep it all. exactly so what about what about brendan you and bill do you do you guys get trick-or-treaters in your neighborhood and where you are we get one group a year and i think it's always the same group i just turn off my lights and pretend i'm not home and... <laughs> oh that's a good way to get your home you're today. that guy you're that guy i hate to be that guy but um i think it's look it's difficult with the dogs i can't be opening and closing the door because the dog <laughs> would be charging oh, sure. at, at the kids and you know blame the dog but i do buy a big bag of candy just in so case have so. you ever had your house egged or otherwise um targeted because of the fact that you act like you're not there no i don't when i was a kid that's what we would do from what i can tell there's not a lot of trick-or-treaters on on my street although that may be changing it seems that's more families um, i picture i area. picture brendan handing out like um, big bags of vegetables from his garden <laughs> the raisin guy i i'm i'm too smart for that and that's how you get egged if you give out vegetables and pennies i remember when i was a kid one year because one family was giving out apples and it was so sad because I'm sure they were really nice apples. But by the end of the night, their yard was just covered in apples and, and it's just, you know. We weren't allowed to like let our kids have things like that because of the Halloween story that never actually happens, but that everybody sees happen with the razor blades. Right, the razor, razor blades. Razor blade in the apples. Yeah. <laughs> Although I lived in a neighborhood where it was distinctly possible that there could have been uh -huh. a razor blade in the apple. Yeah. And the popcorn balls. We weren't allowed to keep the popcorn balls either. Unless we separate them. Like we knew the one woman, uh, older woman down the street who made them. Like if we, you know, physically like would remove it when she handed it to us. Mm -hmm. So we would know it was hers. Then we were allowed to have that one. But well, I remember as a kid, we used to have to bring the candy home and kind of sort through it. And anything that looks suspicious, you wanted to, to put aside. And my brother and I would, would put all these you know the, the, this pile of suspicious candy and my dad was really happy about that because then he would just eat it all but what made it suspicious was it like like necco wafers with sketch well i don't know if you had like a little torn uh, like a little torn 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 you know i don't even remember a little torn you know wrapper or whatever and i think we were very conservative because we were scared of all those stories like you say so. oh, okay it wasn't just the stuff you didn't like like the black licorice or the well there was some of that going on too i'm sure black licorice is delicious what are you talking no. about oh it's horrible I hate black licorice <laughs> necco wafers are nasty i know you're not a whopper fan i don't like whoppers either the malted milk balls when my son came home i think he was like three um which was like his first halloween where he was like you mean I walk to a door and they give me things like he, his mind was just totally blown. Like he couldn't even handle it. Um, and he came home with whoppers in his bag. And I felt like I had failed as a parent. It was my first big failure. I was like, didn't we discuss this? Whoppers do not make it into the bag ever. <laughs> Does he like them though? I mean, you can't really force him to not like well he's never food. had one because why would i allow candy to be ruined for him by letting him eat the whopper get him that big milk cart <laughs> in the whopper ew not allowed <laughs> oh i'm gonna get him some because whoppers are good i'm gonna i'm gonna bring him a bag of whoppers <laughs> so what's your favorite candy bill oh um snickers bars probably those were always always the best that's old school i guess snickers bars and, and almond joy i love the almond joy Ooh, yeah 
Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> I like Reese's, but also Three Musketeers. Yeah, oh, I used to love Three Musketeers. Those are, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I kind of like the soury stuff too. Like, I know that it's kind of silly and a cliche, but the Smarties, you mm. know? Yeah. Something about that. The Milky Ways is another one. Yeah. Mm. I think Reese's is the way to go, though. 100 grams. Oh, yeah. Remember those? Or um, the Nestle's Munch? I don't know if they still make the Munch. That was like a peanut brittle one. I don't remember that. Yum. <laughs> so we have big news to talk about this week, don't we? <laughs> hey, I mean, this is, but this is important. Yeah. You know, this is what, you know, this, this is what a lot of people are focused yeah. on right yeah. now. Well, let's talk about, um, let's talk about what they're doing in Southampton Village. Cause I think just like East Hampton Village has Cooper Lane and the other lanes off of Newtown um, in Southampton, they, everybody goes to Elm Street because of the Nightmare on Elm Street movie series. And they've been doing that for decades, I think. And the people who have traditionally lived on that street have really enjoyed sort of hosting the Southampton Village festivities and just like in East Hampton, a lot of the the parents there decorate their house or put on scary music or they make it kind of themed. And so all of the kids know that they can go there to get their candy and other neighbors sort of help buy the candy. So one house doesn't have to take the full burden. But this year, it sounds like the neighbors aren't so keen to um, continue the tradition. Is that right? Well, there's a mix. So at this point, it's on. Elm Street trick-or-treating is on. You know, I, I found old file stories about it where it's specifically called Nightmare on Elm Street, but I don't think the village takes to calling it that. I don't know if it's a copyright issue or just because it's a bit scary for the kids. Uh, but what they do is they close down the street. And in some years, they've actually closed down the blocks that connect to the street. So you get a pretty nice big area where kids could trick or treat freely without having to worry about cars driving through and you also do have the police presence so you don't have conflicts of kids you know getting into silly string fights at escalate or anything so this was canceled for covid in 2020 and there was questions about bringing it back in 2021 and at the village board meeting on october 14th it was announced that some residents have said they don't want to close elm street for the event and the board asked for feedback to see how the other residents felt because they are the ones that are going to be getting all the visitors. And it could be a lot to ask people to do that during a pandemic. So after that meeting, uh, a lot of Elm street residents did reach out to the village. I'm told, and they said, we absolutely want to do this. So there it's going to happen. And there is a big container at village hall which is the cookie monster. And he is holding a box for you to throw candy donations in. So for the people that bring their kids to Elm Street, what those parents traditionally do is drop off candy donations. So the homeowners on Elm Street have something to give to the kids. Uh, What's actually canceled is the ragamuffin parade that traditionally happens throughout the village. And the kids could actually like visit the stores to get candy. But the Southampton Chamber of Commerce is not doing that this year. Uh, There was concerns coming from parents even about uh, having their kids go out and do that because you're talking about a parade for kids who are too young to be vaccinated. So parents didn't feel comfortable with that. We might see it again in 2022. The other event that is happening is Little Lucy's Pet Parade. That starts at Agawam Park in the afternoon. And that's actually a fundraiser for an animal shelter. And there's 
all the pets dress up in costumes and sometimes the pet parents wear matching costumes and there is a costume contest for that. We know like parents of pets often look like the pets that they own. They do. Yes. And then when they both dress up as mermaids, it really adds to the fact. (laughs) (laughs) Bill, do you look like your dogs? I hope not. (laughs) There is one new thing coming. There is the great pumpkin hunt is being planned and that would be like a scavenger hunt kind of idea where they're hiding decorated pumpkins around the village and then sharing photographs throughout the day. So whoever can find the pumpkin first gets to keep it or maybe they keep a, a prize. At this point of recording, they're still working out the details, but we'll know more uh, closer to the date. Well, that's a nice safe event. You know what I wish somebody would do is the haunted corn maze. Yeah, and there's enough corn mazes here where you would think somebody would have done that already, right? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine how terrifying that? Those things are hard to find your way out of on a nice sunny day. You know, can you imagine going in there at night and being chased by some maniac with a fake chainsaw? You can't tell which way to turn. So I, I want to touch a little bit on Sag Harbor because Sag Harbor, very similarly to Southampton Village, um, will also not be having the Ragamuffin Parade, which for Sag Harbor Village is one of the biggest events of the year. This will be the second year that obviously we're not having it. Um, and, you know, it was ma- that decision was made by the Chamber of Commerce for the same reasons that the Chamber of Commerce in Southampton wasn't supportive of a Ragamuffin Parade. It's like so many kids, Annette, you and I have both done that parade. It's packed. A lot of people from the city come out just for that. So it's like, yeah. it's almost like there's two events in Sac Harbor. There's like the trick-or-treating on Main Street is more of the local you know, usually on a school day. And then there's the ragamuffin parade, which is usually on the weekend and includes a lot of people from the city who come out here for that. Yeah. And with Halloween being on a weekend anyway, they probably both would have taken place on the 31st Sunday. Um, But this year they're just doing their pumpkin trail, which is where kids can go in and out of stores and trick or treat. That aspect is still happening. Um, And that's going to be between 1.30 and 3.30 PM. Um, Usually the fire department's always been like super supportive and they'll come out and like grill hot dogs for free for the kids. Um, You know, and it, so there's still the Chamber of Commerce is trying to keep some of this community minded events alive, but, you know, we still have to be careful. Like you said, you know, if you're 11 or younger, you're not vaccinated for COVID. So. I know in Sac Harbor, also the, um, the school would always do their own like school parade um, during the week. Now, since it's on the on the weekend i guess they won't be doing that or would they do that the friday before or is there any talk remember how they used to bring the kids in on the buses and they would have them just do a school parade um usually during the week but what west hampton beach usually does that every year too but i haven't heard anything i don't know if they're doing that this year or not but they i mean they can they can march from the school right to to main street in west hampton beach and that was always a fun event and the store owners would 
would have candy and stuff, but I, I'm not like, I don't know that you would want to do that on a Sunday in West Hampton Beach. You couldn't have yeah, I don't see them. I mean, maybe it's good that the Halloween is on a Sunday and they don't have to even think about what to do about that this year. Right. So interestingly enough, I just actually pulled the Sag Harbor schools calendar just to check it out. Um, and it does look like the pre-K spooktacular parade is going to be held um, outside at the school on the 29th, which is Friday. And they are planning on doing a Halloween parade um, featuring children in kindergarten through fifth grades on Main Street in Sag Harbor on Friday um, from 2 to 2.45 p.m., so right before the close. Okay, so they are doing that. So they are doing that. This podcast will have come out the day after that parade, um, which probably isn't the worst thing because we don't need to be sending tons of people unnecessarily to Main Street <laughs> to watch kids <laughs> in the Halloween parade unless your kids are in the Halloween parade or your business owner. So, but yes, yeah, still happening. You know, it's interesting because I remember the days before they actually did that parade. And I think that that parade was sort of that school parade of the elementary school was sort of an answer to the fact that the regular Ragamuffin parade had become such a huge event and so many out of towners were there that I think it felt like the local people kind of felt like they had lost control of their own event, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like you said earlier, the pumpkin trail, I still saw a lot of people at the Ragamuffin Parade that were Sag Harbor locals, but the pumpkin trail was like definitely Sag Harbor's community Halloween event. I mean, when we were downstairs right on Main Street, we would have to spend hundreds Mm -hmm. of dollars on candy because we would be passing out thousands of pieces of candy throughout the day and it was really cool I mean I do remember a few deadline days where it was like a Wednesday and it was Halloween and Annette and I were like but um (laughs) we just stayed a little later that night well it's funny as my child got a little bit older not that much older but she actually preferred to sit there and give out candy than go collect it Mm -hmm. she liked sort of being the the bearer of good news um I don't know. Another tradition is trying to book a table at the American Hotel on the porch. So you could just sort of sit there and watch everybody go by and have your cocktail and oysters. That's actually a great idea. I never even do that. I know. I think we need to think about doing that. If you're, if, if any of you are inclined, maybe we could get a, put a rent a reservation in now. I will actually be trick-or-treating with my young children. So. Oh, that's right. See, I'm done with them. I'm an empty nester now. So I'll meet you in about seven years. <laughs> Sounds good. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com 27 Speaks, brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books, independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sag Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton, carrying a wide selection of new books, stationery, toys, games, first editions, and rare books. Their entire inventory is browsable on the website, SouthamptonSagHarborBooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations. So, Bill, like what happens in Riverhead and, and Brendan and any other big events that go on up in your, your neck of the woods for Halloween? I'm not sure in Riverhead. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm sure there's the schools have their own little events, you know, like everybody else, but I don't think there's any big events that I know of. 
So I visited Riverhead yesterday and they do have some events, but at this point, I think they're all in the past. Their Halloween fest uh, was on the 23rd. So they were actually trick-or-treating oh. in downtown Riverhead. They were having coffin races. Uh, <laughs> there was a bug light Halloween cruise out of Riverhead. Um, the Long Island... Long Island Aquarium was offering bats, barnacles, and broomsticks. So they really had a lot of things going on. Uh, on the 30th from 6 to 8 p.m., there's Safari Adventure. I'm not even sure where that is in Riverhead is offering a Halloween party. Mm. Um, it seems like a lot of ven- venues in Riverhead just, just got ahead of the game. But there is a trunk or treat event at H- Halleckville Museum Farm in Riverhead from 3 to 6 on the 30th. And I should also clarify that the Little Lucy's Halloween Parade in Southampton Village, that's on the 30th at 1 p.m. It's not on Halloween itself. Well, in, in Riverhead, I mean, it's Halloween for, for two months because you've got all the um, apple picking, pumpkin picking farms on Sound Avenue mixed in with, um, you know, it's horrible it's traffic. It's like um, summer traffic on, on the South Fork up on the North Fork. Yeah. When you've got, you know, mixed in with all the people going to wineries and I'm sure the wineries are having events and stuff. And we have Pumpkin Town with, with, on the South Fork, which is a scene unto itself. It is, Hanks. Hanks, yeah. Yeah. I was so excited that my second graders class did like a field trip to Pumpkin Town because I was like, yes, I'm free. <laughs> you know where we always loved going was um, Art Ludlow's farm. We do some apple picking and then you can go across the street uh, or no, you, it's Halsey's. You pick the apples and across the street is the Ludlow farm where they have the corn maze ready to go. Yeah, we were actually just there last weekend. And it was really nice that the annual tradition for us too. And we come home and we make apple crisp and mm. the whole house smells like, you know, apples. And, and by the way, I made Georgie's apple crisp last week. It was quite the success. So good. <laughs> Although Adam said you need to add just maybe some, some nuts to it. Maybe some almonds or something like that. Yeah. Some like crushed walnuts would probably be really, really, really yummy. Um, walnuts. Be good. Yeah. My yeah. kids would just not eat it. So that's why I don't use nuts. <laughs> They don't do the nuts. Pecans would also be like really good, like, you know, crushed up. Oh, pecans. Oh, that's a good idea. You could put malt balls in it. Never. <laughs> that's, cr- that's crunchy. I, I do feel like until you're quite the show. <laughs> so what about Montauk? Do they do anything for Halloween or not so much? Montauk's got St. Patrick's Day. They don't need Halloween too. <laughs> yeah, they get into enough trouble with St. Patty's Day. That's <laughs> true. The, the uh, Children's Museum of the East End in Bridgehampton is doing a Halloween pop-up on the 30th. Oh. Trunk or Treat at the Church of St. Rosalie in Hampton Bays on the 31st. John Germain Library is doing story time on the 31st at 11 a.m. Teeny Weeny Halloweeny, October 29th, <laughs> we missed it, at Simi. Uh, Trick or Treat on the Farm is at the Green School in Sagaponic at 10 a.m. on October 30th. There's quite a bit. I really like all the um, organizations that are kind of promoting these like outdoor events. Like you mentioned Halleckville doing their trunk or treat. You know, it's it's a way for us to still enjoy um, Halloween and you're still outside. Um, I know on our street and I think that there's a few parents in Springs developing kind of like neighborhood maps um, where you can go trick or treating in your neighborhood. Everybody is like kind of put on alert that kids are going to be coming. Um, you know, and I just think as much as we can give these kids a normal-ish Halloween, but a safe one is yeah. awesome. It's a good idea. I love Halloween. I wish, uh, I wish I was still 10. <laughs> you can come be a kid with but us. 
Okay, I think I will. I will adopt you. I also think it's, I also have some friends who are very into the uh, the Day of the Dead, and like we've made sugar skulls and taken them and put them on gravestones in certain cemeteries. It's kind of fun, a little different, a little adult, you know. <laughs> so, what are you guys doing this year? Other than I know Georgie's taking her little ones out for a night of trick or treating, but Bill, will you just be the grunt, grumpy old man that turns off your lights in the dark? A dark house. <laughs> I'm just a curmudgeon, I guess. Sit home in my dark house with my dog. Oh, come on. Dog. What's your favorite line? Get off my lawn. <laughs> exactly. I'll be TPing Bill's house. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah, eggs are too valuable. Just go. Although TP is, has been kind of a valued quantity in the last couple of years as well. What else could we throw? We could actually get those leaf blowers and just surround Bill and just blow the leaves. Well, just blow all the leaves up, like to make them so thick you can't get out your front door. Take that, you mean old man. Would you please come to my house with your leaf blowers? Please. <laughs> we'll make sure they can't get out. So many leaves. All right. It'll be like, like snow in the old days, up to the top of the door. Here, we got our marching orders. I might let the dogs loose. <laughs> All right, happy fall, everyone. Happy Halloween. Ooh. Happy Halloween. We need some scary music. Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and SagHarborExpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts. 